Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Noelle. And And we're we're licensed licensed to gossip. Get ready for a juicy breakdown of pop culture and the law with two attorney besties. We won't be giving any legal advice, but we are here to have a good time. So let's get into it. We're doing it. Oh, it feels so good to say that. Oh my gosh. Finally, we know you've all been waiting. Oh yeah, (laughs) everyone's got this marked on their calendar. Right. Yes, waiting and waiting. Yeah, with bated breath. Is that what For do sure. people say that still? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think. Well, we're super hype. We're so excited. We've been waiting for this since June. I guess is when we came up with it. Yeah, it yeah, June of twenty twenty two. Yeah, and we've been working on it, getting everything ready. Making a podcast is hard, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely would not be able to do it without our amazing producer, Rye. So just quick yes. shout out before we start because – Beautiful. Shout out to amazing. Rye. So we'll just walk y'all through our episode today. Our episode's Pinocchio versus Pinocchio. We'll get more into that later. Get ready. But first, to start it off, I just want to ask, Allie, what the fuck happened? That's a great question. So, you know, we've been – researching all the Pinocchio, watching way too much Pinocchio lately. Um, And, you know, Pinocchio is based on an Italian fable. So it just got me thinking about Italy and reminiscing. It's about about a year. So that's like, yeah, but I'm like hearkening back to home. I'm like, yeah, fake Italian. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fake Italian. But I have been to Italy (laughs) once and it was like a year ago and it was on Aaron and I's honeymoon. Um, so I've been Cute. thinking a lot about it because I miss Italy and miss just that time it was so amazing. Um, and I miss all the gelato. And I saw this really funny proposed law that is, I guess, going through like the legislature in Italy. I don't know how their government structure really works, but there's this gelato law that would basically regulate the amount of air that the gelateria can pump into the custard. In order to get it fluffy. Pump? Wait, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Back up a second. <laughs> they pump air. Wait, this okay. is like news to me. They pump air into the gelato? Okay. Well, they have to make it fluffy. So there's some amount okay. of air, I guess, in it. I don't know the process of making gelato. <laughs> really? Oh God, I'm picturing like a Build-A-Bear situation here. You know what I'm talking about? Like the butt plug thing <laughs> that goes into the bear. <laughs> that puts the air in that plug I'm dead yes like how you like put it on there and you kind of feel you know how much stuffing you want to put in the bear and you like give it a little hug I don't know I'm hearkening back to like my nine-year-old's birthday party at Build-A-Bear so just imagine a gelato butt plug and that's what (laughs) it is (laughs) you can quote me on that Perfect. Uh, but yeah, a great law. Honestly, yeah, great I mean, bill. you know, they're really specific <laughs> about their gelato in Italy, so they want to make sure people are paying for that good, dense gelato that's not too fluffy, I guess. Um, yeah, right. so that's Ooh, where we okay. are, and I'll keep you updated if it gets passed. Still, okay. Yeah. So that's what the fuck happened in Italy. Love that. Great. Yeah. And we have to talk about what the fuck happened with Rihanna, too, because uh, yes, she's Riri. a queen and she's been all over the place lately. Right. Still trending, even though by the time this comes out, the Super Bowl will have been like a month like ago. A month ago. But, but 
Her yeah. Super Bowl performance was amazing. Obviously, she announced her second pregnancy. We're all very excited yes. for her. And we're going to forgive her so for not excited. singing live for like most of her performance since she's pregnant. We give her grace. Right. We do. Um, yes. Only for her, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody else. <laughs> Um, and now we know that she's going to be performing at the Oscars. Really excited about that. Yes. Yeah. For the, um, what's the name of the song from Black it's Panther? Lift Me Up. Lift Me yes, Up from Black lift Panther. Me up. Yeah. I feel like I've seen so many like video photo montages to that this year. There have been a lot. Like, it's definitely been yeah. quite a hit. So it's, it's in the running. And then I guess also Beautiful. I just saw that the performers from RRR, like their song that's nominated they're going yes to be i saw that too yeah I'm so i'm excited I, I really liked that film yeah i'm that, so excited that honestly i think that song's probably the front runner to win but yeah we'll see i'm really probably. excited it'll be so fun yeah and of course all of the tiktoks that have come out like recreating rihanna's little like when it zooms in on all the dancers in the line you know that like Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. I saw <laughs> the Today Show featured <laughs> this group of like old ladies in a nursing home doing it and it was honestly fire. It was oh, so that's cute. so cute. Yeah. I just love that people are recreating it, doing their own thing. I like people recreating the outfits because those little sweatshirt hoodie things yeah, they were wearing were sweatshirt just combos. I wear that pretty much every day, so it's nice right. to get some shout outs <laughs> for the for the lounge for casual wear, wear. <laughs> shout outs for the lounge were wear. those were those Fenty <laughs> by the way were those Fenty oh we well I mean the makeup like when she had that little makeup mom that was for sure that was Fenty yeah right? I know but I don't know I'm joking happens, I, I mean I'm not she sure. does the lingerie I don't think the hoodie counts do you think maybe maybe she's a hoodie mom I I, I doubt it look but. At, we'll look into that <laughs> All right. Rihanna, yeah. something to consider. <laughs> we will yeah, we'll we'll gather back after we see her performance and it better be sung live this yeah, time. Yeah, I'm hype. I'm hype. We'll see what it looks like and some new costumes for sure. Um also, do we want to shout out the ASL interpreter? Oh my gosh, yes. She was everything. Justina Miles. If you didn't see her performance, mm-hmm. you should look it up, but she um, is a deaf performer, and she did an ASL performance during Rihanna's entire halftime show, and it's truly amazing. It's so, it's honestly so incredible. I wish they had shown it live, like with, you know, yes, alongside Rihanna's too. performance, because I didn't know about it until afterwards on social media. And yeah, she's awesome. So shout out Justina. That's awesome. Yeah, ASL performers are great and definitely deserve more credit um but it's cool that they're getting used more and like more mainstream yeah I'll be honest I did not know I did not know that that was even a thing I mean obviously whenever there's like political you know state of the union addresses and stuff there's always Mm -hmm. an ASL interpreter but I'd never seen one for like a a concert right for a show like that yeah Yeah. now Noelle what about Pinocchio can't forget our favorite wooden puppet (laughs) (laughs) right I I feel like everyone's like "Ooh, this is a podcast on like pop culture what's our first topic Pinocchio children's (laughs) toys and cartoons children's wooden puppet toy but really though a lot of people were asking us about this and I feel like with Oscars season timing, um, you know, people are wondering, well, how can this happen? How can these two 
different versions of Pinocchio both come out in the same year, these two movies. So we have, for those of you who don't know, we have the Disney live action remake version of Pinocchio that came out. And then we also have the Guillermo del Toro version that came out as well. The latter of the two has gotten a lot of Oscar buzz. And maybe by the time we release this, maybe we'll have won an Oscar. We will see. We'll see. The Disney one has not gotten such buzz, but it's <laughs> it's gotten a lot of Razzie buzz. Right. Right. <laughs> um, tragic. Yeah. But, you know, both of those came out this year and people were asking us how that could happen. And we were like, you know, that could be a great episode for the pod. So let's get into it. That's what we're talking about. So, Noelle, how is it possible? How are both Pinocchio movies coming out this year? Doesn't Disney own the rights to Pinocchio? I mean, I feel like when most people think about Pinocchio, you think about that iconic 1940 Disney movie. You're correct. And like many Disney movies, they are based on a previous fable or story that came out before them. So while copyright law does protect the work of artists, of authors, the work that they create, when those works are created on pre-existing works, um, that's where this difference comes in. And it brings about something called the public domain. So basically, once a work has been published for a certain amount of time, the rights are then released and the work goes into the public domain and then people can utilize that work without paying for licensing, getting permission from the author, things like that. And they can sort of recreate different versions of it based off of that work. So depending on the type of work, uh, whether it's a work made for hire, we won't get into the different types, but it's usually like 95 years from publication or it can be 120 years from the date of creation, depending. Yeah, and that's Um, for works for hire, right? Which we're talking about because obviously we're talking right, about this would be a work for hire. Disney mm-hmm. and these big films and everything because yeah once you get into other areas it's like talking about the lifespan of the author and yada exactly. yada it can which, get very complicated it does it gets very <laughs> convoluted so yeah what I'm understanding from what you said Noel is that so copyright law you know obviously is, is to protect the rights of artists um it and is. we have yes. this exclusivity period that incentivizes yep. those works to be created in the first place. So, you know, you can monetize those works during the exclusivity period, protect Mm -hmm. them. But then when it enters the public domain at the end of that period, it belongs to who? Who does it belong to then? Yeah, it belongs to everyone. I mean, it encourages new forms of art to be created, (laughs) right? It's the cool dichotomy of copyright law, you know, it's to protect artists, protect authors, make sure people aren't stealing their work, but then also recognize that at some point this work should become accessible to all and allow new forms of art, new versions to be created from it. Absolutely. Um, you know, and so it's it's really cool that it can sort of do both of those things. I think a lot of people think of it as just protecting the original author and not also allowing new works to come about. So it's really cool to look at both of those things. And and like you mentioned, you know, there's different reasons or different ways, um, different amounts of time that something would be exclusive before it goes into the public domain. But Disney, in these instances, Pinocchio would be 95 years. Um, so, so we're talking... Back to our friend yeah, Pinocchio, like you said, I, mm-hmm. I'm just so the fable that the movie, right. the Disney movie is based on, is that in the mm-hmm. public domain? 
It is. Yes, okay. correct. So the original fable came out. It was in the it was a work made in the 1800s, um, an Italian fable. Um, and so it has been in the public domain for a while. It actually coincidentally or not so coincidentally uh, became public domain in 1940, which is the same year that Disney's original animated Pinocchio came out. Oh, well, that's so, funny what do you timing. Think? <laughs> is it a coincidence? I don't I know. I <laughs> think not. <laughs> right, right. So Disney snatched that up pretty quick to put their, of course, beautifully done 1940 cartoon with our beloved cricket and wooden puppet creation out there. Um, so they do have protection in what they created in 1940, but that original story that it was based off of is very much in the public domain. And that's why we can get these new adaptations, including, right. you know, you might have seen like Pinocchio was in Shrek. A lot of people like forget about that too. But, yeah. you know, he was a character in that film and like has been in other things as well. So, yeah. So yeah. based on what you said, the adaptation, you know, so the 1940 film, is an adaptation mm-hmm. of the original Italian fables. Um, yeah. And now, like, the new, like, 2022 Disney film is an adaptation of their 1940 film. So there's exactly. kind of, like, this lineage of, like, adapting works that are, you know, previously created. Um, and in copyright law, that's that's known as, like, derivative works. So, you know, the rights for derivative works are limited because of that so you know disney doesn't have the rights to anything that is in the public domain so that's why someone like pinocchio can appear in something like shrek because disney doesn't own pinocchio as a character they own their version of pinocchio that they created in that you know iconic 1940 film Mm -hmm. so you know every time that a derivative work is created like you're only getting the rights to what you added Correct. Yeah, your original. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you mentioned that term derivative works. Do you mind just sort of breaking that down a little bit more? What do you mean, Allie, when you say derivative works? So I won't get too into it, but it is thinking of it like an adaptation is the simplest way to think of it. So uh, the classic example of a derivative work is a book turned into a movie or, you know, a play turned into a book uh you know it's taking a work in one form and then transforming it into another form and usually that comes with like adding different elements based on whatever medium that the work is now in uh so you know for Pinocchio the original story about this you know wooden puppet boy who's trying to figure out what it means to be a good boy and you know Geppetto is trying to teach him that is all you know that's all public domain, um, but mm-hmm. there might be you know additional things that are that are added. So like the conscience cricket character that's in the public domain, he's a little bit more broad as far as what was in Carlo Collati's original work. But Disney added you know this little outfit with him in the top hat, and you know his name is Jiminy Cricket. Like that's di- totally Disney's addition to that character. Um, that's protected 
So basically any time like a book is adapted into a movie or something like that, or a movie is adapted into a stage production, like those are all examples of derivative works, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It brings up, uh, this is like slightly off topic outside of Pinocchio, but um, I know The Great Gatsby, the book just recently went into the public domain. Yeah. About two years, two ago. years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it came out in 1925. So yeah, 95 years. We'll skip the math on that. But yeah, it was, it was about two years ago. <laughs> we are um, lawyers, not we're, yeah, mathematicians. Not mathematicians. Even though but, that's really yeah, basic it was math. two years ago. And it was cool. I saw an article in Playbill about some new stage adaptations coming out um, based on The Great Gatsby. And there's actually, I think it said there's three coming out this coming year sometime in the next couple of years. And it's just cool to see how that can happen because obviously we've seen the film adaptations that have come out, um, you know, the Leo Baz one and then yes. like the Robert Redford one. So like we have those versions, but I'm sure they had to pay a lot of money for the rights licensing Definitely. during those times, you know, and that's very expensive and exclusive to certain people who can afford that. So it's really cool to just see the fact that like now these new adaptations can come about and people are hopefully taking advantage of that too, because they'll be able to do that more affordable and hopefully more accessible to artists. So yeah. um, that's And cool. it's really that's- beautiful to see different people's interpretations and what they add mm-hmm. to what's really a classic story, but it, you know, it loses relevance over time. I mean, I think right. modernizing it and changing it, um, is a, is an awesome thing to do. Maybe you disagree. I I mean I love the Great Gatsby in all forms, but we it'll be it. really interesting to see like an interactive performance of that. Like that's never been done before. And you know, obviously yeah, like Baz Luhrmann's so was excited. a very different interpretation of the Great Gatsby, but now like you said it's more it's available to people outside of, you know, the economic uh kind of barricade mm-hmm. that's in place uh, when yeah. you have to license something yeah no absolutely. totally totally I mean you know that the Baz Leo version will always be my fave oh but... I, yeah I know <laughs> no comparison but I am still so excited to see these new versions and hopefully more to come so it's just cool that yeah. these concepts like to see how they play out in other instances too like it's yeah. not just this like this whole concept of public domain and copyright law and derivative works um really is important for helping new artists and um yeah so 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 noelle i know that disney has created a lot of these tragic live action films over the past (laughs) i guess decade now i don't know how long it's been um but they're tragic and is there any kind of potential like strategy like to increase their rights like why would they be making these awful movies I mean listen if Disney can do anything to protect their IP they're going to like (laughs) I always joke like if there's anything Disney cares about more than their reputation it's their IP yeah and they potentially Uh, care about that even they're good at it I mean you know it is it is companies and brands responsibilities to protect their image and their IP. I mean, we won't get into all of that, but it is. And it's great that Disney does it too. I don't want to like say that as a negative thing, but they're they're up there with Taylor Swift. You know, right, Disney, right. Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. They know how to protect their rights. Her songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not not shitting on that at all. That's great. Um, but yeah, to your question, yes, I definitely feel like there's a strategy to it. You know, um, 
Like we mentioned, the original Disney Pinocchio cartoon came out in 1940. If we do the math on that quickly, 95 years from that date would be 2035. We're in 2023, right? Isn't that right? Someone will fact check me on that. So yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so I mean, I think it might be safe to say, or at least, you know, put it out there, ponder that they may be trying to hold on to their rights a little bit longer by creating this new version that still sort of preserves their original take on Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio and the Blue Fairy. So potentially because they're, you know, in in 2035 when the 1940 film enters the public domain, they'll still have whatever limited protection from their new 2022 movie from whatever they added, you know, to the 1940 Mm -hmm. movie, which – they added some characters. They have like the new Fabiana character and they're like little seagull. Right. And I, I mean, there's a couple different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whatever that was. Right. Thing. Monstro. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, yeah. You're right. Like they'll have that. But and... it also kind of just seems like a way for them to have leverage over anybody that tries to use their works that go into the public domain so they can be, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, they've done it with Mickey Mouse, you know, like the original Mickey Mouse, the Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse, like has gone into the public domain. No, no, Um, no. It goes next year. Oh, next year. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got January 1st, 2024. So that's about to go. But they've already like been working on recreating that. So like they're prepared for losing. But it was originally supposed to go into the public domain earlier before. Well, and they've added. That's an example of where they've added new qualities to Mickey Mouse since that original one. So like whatever qualities they've added since then, like the fact that his Mm -hmm. pants are red and the fact that he wears gloves, like. That's mm-hmm. still protected, even version. though that old version of Mickey Mouse is going to go to the public mm-hmm. domain. So, mm-hmm. you know, they are still going to be policing those rights pretty heavily. So, you know, good luck. You can make Disney Pinocchio dolls if you want, <laughs> but I wouldn't personally. <laughs> <laughs> Steamboat Willie and <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pinocchio dolls. Um, but yeah, it, it is cool. I mean, it was almost solely Disney that extended the whole premise of copyright law it used to be what 70 or 75 years before the mickey mouse protection act as it's colloquially called i think that might be a topic Um, for another podcast because i think that could take an entire (laughs) that's a whole other to explain that's a whole other thing so uh, yeah so noel We've talked a lot about Disney. What about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? It's we're here to compare them. We love it. We love it. How is it different? It's one of – yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's still the same kind of vibe and story, but it it has a whole different take. I mean, Pinocchio's character is totally different. It still has, like you mentioned earlier, a talking cricket, a blue fairy. It has Geppetto. It has Pinocchio. But the whole vibe of the story is different because it's based off of that original work and not on Disney's version. And it's honestly just beautiful. I mean, let's talk about the score for yeah, a moment. Amazing. Like the visuals. Yeah, um, the, the animation was absolutely the gorgeous. The stop beautiful. motion. Yeah, yeah, there's still an exhibit at the MoMA going on right now. I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. But yeah, I've but heard, heard it's, it's really great. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, to me, I feel like the biggest uh, difference about Guillermo del Toro's version, which I think is a little bit more true to the Italian fable from what I've read about it online. Um, mm-hmm. 
is is its concept of the life and death themes throughout. Like I think Guillermo del Toro really focuses a lot more on that commentary about like what is death, what is life, you know, like because yeah, no, spoiler alert, but like Pinocchio dies a lot in the movie. Uh, he, you know, meets death and he is trying to figure out what it means to be alive and. You know, that yeah, is a obviously- real boy. Like yeah. encompasses more than just life. It encompasses yeah. death too. And that's yeah. obviously a theme in all Pinocchio stories, but it's definitely the ever presence of death is like really prominent theme in Guillermo de Toro's, but I think it's it's very beautifully done. Um, where it, you know, it it teaches you and it teaches Pinocchio, you know, how to how to grapple with death and what it means to become a real person and then obviously there's this backdrop of fascism which is really interesting mm-hmm. and different about Guillermo del Toro's version like totally unique backdrop of that and yeah yeah like Pinocchio is like seeing all of these people who are essentially puppets to their government and you know he's trying to learn from people who are acting like puppets what it means to be a person and it's it's really well done and yeah I, I definitely recommend going to see it and we might see some awards in its future I think so yeah I definitely think it deserves some awards for sure um yeah it really is beautiful to kind of see that sort of see those fascist themes come out and see like that whole concept of what it is to be a real boy you know these other human boys are struggling with that too like what is it to be a man what is it to be this you know like is it to be a soldier and yeah yeah. Mm mm-hmm so I think that that was really interesting, and and they you know, and they struggle with the relationships with their fathers. Like they show Lampwick yeah, like struggling with the relationship with his father, and Pinocchio obviously struggles with his, you know, father son mm-hmm. relationship with Geppetto. And I think that was a really interesting um, element that was added to is that these fathers like had these expectations for their sons, and they were both like struggling to meet them. And by the end, it's like they kind of decide to go their own way and their fathers are proud of them. And I think that's something that's really different about the original story of Pinocchio because, I mean, these fables were written basically to scare little boys. I mean, they were written for boys. Mm -hmm. Into Um, being obedient. Into being obedient and being good, you know, whatever that Mm -hmm. means. And so it it was a very refreshing take to see that it was like, well, being good isn't just being obedient. Like it can mean something else. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of showing that struggle more more so than just like, okay, to be good, you obey this. Okay, you've obeyed it. That's checked off. Yeah. Like it shows that sort of internal turmoil, you know, yeah. and is this really the goal? And I think it's shown um, how much parenting has changed that the message would be that because, right. <laughs> you know, so much parenting is over the years has just been teaching kids to be obedient and obey their fathers, you know, it's very patriarchal. Right. Um Yes, but no, no mothers no. involved in, in any. I mean, there are like no women in these movies. <laughs> There's no women this at is, all. It's Fabiana. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, Disney tried. <laughs> the Disney version. They tried. they tried to throw her in there, but they threw in Fabiana. I mean, we have the the you know fairies or whatever, um, and then we have. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that doesn't count. <laughs> what was it? Pleasure Island in the Disney one. It's supposed to be like an island for bad boys or whatever, but they added girls. In the Disney yeah, one. Yeah, they did. They also like made that scene super short and I feel like it didn't and really terrible. make any sense anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, recommend Guillermo del Toro, Disney 2022 right. version, 
kind of lacking depth. So really bad voice. What do we think of Tom Hanks? (laughs) Yeah, we love we love Tom Hanks, but yeah, it was not it for this one. Tragic. (laughs) <laughs> as Noelle would say, tragic. As I would say, it was a bit tragic. Um, yeah. Yeah. As we mentioned, they threw in this like female ballerina character. Um, yeah. And also Which like, we the appreciate only character of color, I think, as well. Yeah. Right? Like- <laughs> we appreciate genuine yeah. attempts at inclusivity mm-hmm. and diversity, but this one felt a little didn't feel that way. She could have genuine. been a lot more central to the plot, right? Like there were moments where Pinocchio kind of went to her that could have been for advice and she could have changed the trajectory but instead it was more of just like well I'm gonna be doing this now yeah like she had a cute little song you know she and Pinocchio danced with their puppets and and but then it was like when there were actual pivotal moments where she could have done something they were like oh let's get her off screen quick and then let's let Jiminy Cricket jump in and take over so right it was it felt a little shallow it felt a little shallow a little performative yeah um we did. I I was honestly expecting more from Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, Jiminy. I was kind of excited oh, about that. I could I could be Jiminy <laughs> Cricket. I just need to talk like this. <laughs> right. I, I'm like. Uh, I was okay. like, okay. I don't know what's going on. Right. There were a couple funny lines in there that they added it, like when <laughs> when he's like kind of giving Geppetto shit. He's like, you know, there's other ways to make a boy, but I guess he doesn't get out there much. Like, that kind of made me laugh. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I that, They definitely added some modern humor right. into it. They that did. Was... And what was the other they referenced, like, an actor? Who did oh, they yeah. They it was somebody else. Uh, what is it? Keegan-Michael Key played Honest John, and at one point yes. he's, like, trying to come up with Pinocchio's stage name, and he's like, oh, Pinocchio, like, and he's like, what about some play on wood, like Chris Pine? Like, no, it would never work. Oh Which that God, was yeah. that was pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, it made me there chuckle. Moments. Yeah, yeah. He was probably the best voice actor in general Agreed. of the movie, for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So at the end of the day, those are our recommendations. Yeah. Please watch Guillermo del Toro's version and tell us what yes. you think. We're so excited. And stick to, to the animated hear. Disney one because yeah, honestly, yeah, go back and watch, watch the that. 1941. It's so beautiful. Like I went back and watched it, it and is. it's so emotional and really beautiful. It captured the magic that is and was Disney, and it does. you can't recreate yeah. that with a, this l- new live action. You just can't. No. The OG Disney, yeah, it's the great. So only warning, it. warning. If you're watching the Disney movies, you will get that stupid string song stuck in your head because I had it stuck <laughs> yeah. in my head for weeks I got no strings <laughs> hold me down I got no strings on me I was singing that like in my sleep I was waking up with cold sweats in the middle of the night singing that dang now it's gonna be in my head again okay, <laughs> okay that's Noel. that's I think a good morning let's end with a smash and a yeah, pass. we're done with the Pinocchio. Pinocchio's Let's do gone. our smash and pass. He's dead. Boom. He died. Spoiler alert. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh my uh, god. Yeah, smash or pass. It's time. All right. Let's do it. Smash has got to be none other than drumroll. Here we go. That was good. <laughs> that was good. That was great. I don't know if that came through. Um, 
Pedro Pascal. Come on. Smash. Let's get real. Daddy is a state of mind. Daddy is a state of mind. Yes. We love. He's amazing in The Last of Us. I've been addicted to that show. And the new new season of Mandalorian just dropped. They just had the premiere for that. Yeah. And he was wearing the most badass outfit at the premiere. Yes. I saw it. I need to watch. Wait, was that the one or was this a different one where he wore like the mustard sweater tied around his shoulders? I, I think it was one? that one and he had like the baggy pants. Yes, yeah, it was a vibe. Pants. It was it's very cool. And he's been on all like the Jimmy Fallon, all the shows. You he's know, everywhere. Just promoting all of his stuff. Killing it. He's, and I love that he's just soaking it in. Like he's just like, yes, I am daddy. Oh, I have a lot of respect for him because he didn't achieve major success until like later in his life, really. I mean, as far Mm -hmm. as acting goes, I think so many people are used to seeing these actors that have been famous since they were in their 20s. And Pedro Pascal didn't really do that until he was in his like 40s already. So right. Wait, like I'm about to look up his age quick. Maybe not 40s, but like late like 30s or something. I'm trying to remember is. when he was in okay. when he was, was in Narcos how old he was. He is 47. He's almost 48 next yeah. month. So, yeah. Anyway, good for him. Yay. What is Pedro our Pascal. we love him. So what's our we pass? Do. What's our pass of the week? Our pass because we have to have it go hand in hand with Pedro and the opposite side would be the cordyceps fungus. Nasty. (laughs) (laughs) We're not here for these weird fungus growing. I mean, I mean, kudos to like the props and makeup team and everything, but like, do we have to go that full out? Like, honestly, it's terrifying. It's like I I don't need all of that. (laughs) Honestly, it looks like. Have you seen the chicken in the woods mushrooms? It looks like no. those. Okay, look it up I need to look later. It okay, looks I'm like those. Look and yeah, I I would not – I would rather die in the first wave than have to right. live with even seeing those I don't want to see that. Right. Yeah. I don't want to see any of it. So yeah. that's really gross. I just feel like they didn't have to go that extreme. Like we did all just come out of a pandemic. Like yeah. – You know what I mean? Like we, we get the fact of like oh, a virus infecting yeah. a bunch of people. So it's like we don't need to do this full like mushroom growth on top of people's yeah. faces. Yeah, and like, I get it. Mushrooms are having a moment too. So it's – a weird timing with oh, the show. Oh god, like the mushroom coffee. I was literally just about to say that. Oh. I get ads. I don't know what <laughs> my algorithm thinks about me, but cuz I am a regular coffee drinker and I get these right, ads same. for this fucking mushroom coffee, which if you drink it, no judgment, but I would never drink that shit. And But let us know if you do drink it because no. maybe we mm-hmm. need <laughs> She said I, no. I can't. Well, the maybe end. I would drink it as like some. I'm other... curious. Let me know. It, I want to know from someone who's actually tried it. Okay, yeah, t- yeah. Let us know if you tried it, but it will never replace <laughs> coffee. Um, no. But literally, the ads for one of them that I got says it contains cordyceps in it. No, I know. And no. I was like, how can no, you no, watch no, 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 The no. Last of Us and then willingly consume that? Because you will end up. No. Yeah. Oh God. It will take yeah, over that's your brain. Not it. Anyway. Yeah. Well, anyway. that's our past. Yeah. So there everyone we go. go watch The Last of Us. Go watch Pedro Pascal's millions of interviews and just enjoy the fan TikToks that people make about yeah. him, honestly. And thanks for being here for our first episode. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Licensed to Gossip. Tune in next week for more juicy hot goss with a legal twist. This episode is produced by Ryko Theatricals. 
follow us on all the socials at License to Gossip, and DM us to share your thoughts on our latest debrief. Don't forget, I'm Allie. And I'm Noelle. Later, Later, babes. babes.